Welcome back to the Vibrantly Gray podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Working. Here in the Vibrantly Gray community, we support older women in pursuing their big dreams. I believe that age should never be a barrier to achieving one's goals and living a meaningful life. In today's episode, I hope you will be inspired and empowered to live your life vibrantly. I teach interpersonal communication to university students, and one of their favorite discussions centers around sharing their important rituals and traditions. My students' accounts center around food and vacations, activities with friends and family, and they tell me after the discussion, one, that they hadn't thought about the role of rituals in their lives, two, it was fun digging into this, and three, rituals deepen their sense of belonging and connection. So, hmm, rituals are fascinating to young people, so I wonder what the role of rituals is in older age. It turns out as the population ages, we are just beginning to acknowledge the lack of an understanding of rituals in older age. And to me, that seems like a pretty big gap in our thinking at both the societal and individual levels, particularly if rituals deepen our senses of belonging and connection. So let's dive in. First, I'm going to define ritual talk about a couple of different types and give examples. And then I want to show you how to construct your own ritual to symbolize the importance of a passage in your life. So let's first define rituals. A ritual is an action performed in a customary way. Your family might have a Saturday night ritual of eating a big spaghetti dinner and then taking a long walk to the ice cream shop. Now, that is an example of an everyday ritual. Other examples would be watching a TV show together every week or having a movie night on Friday nights. That's what I did when my children were young. Or arranging a meeting for lunch on the third Wednesday of the month with dear friends. So those are examples of everyday rituals. A ceremonial ritual is an act that is structured to provide entry or passage into something new and emerging. The goal of a ceremonial ritual is to invite contemplation, exploration, and transformation. So we want to emerge from ceremonial rituals changed in some way. And most ceremonial rituals have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And in that way, they progress in a story format. So here's some examples of ceremonial rituals. Weddings, sweet 16 parties, bat and bar mitzvahs, baby and wedding showers. Hmm, those are mostly ceremonies involving young people. As I stated earlier, the lack of ceremonial rituals in older age is becoming clear. We do have some ceremonial rituals in older age, retirement parties, birthday parties, though they usually just mark a new decade rather than each year. And we also have parties celebrating long-term wedding anniversaries. 
But there are many transitions in older life that are important, such as moving to a downsized living situation, healing from disease, or physical hurt, or mental hurt. Closing a chapter in your life, such as child-rearing, divorce, exiting important activities due to limitations, and starting a new chapter. Maybe you're traveling, you're starting a new type of work, you're dating again, you're becoming a grandparent. Other cultures, those who revere older persons, have more rituals celebrating the changes in older age. I'll give you an example of an aging ceremony uh, in Japan. It's called Kanreki. Kan means return, and reki means calendar. Basically, the ritual symbolizes a celebration of rebirth. Kanreki is celebrated when a person is 60 years old. At that age, they have gone through the Chinese zodiac cycle five times and are back at their original birth zodiac. Therefore, 60 is viewed as the chance to start over again. During the celebration, the 60-year-old wears red clothes. Red symbolizes good luck and babies in many Asian cultures. Another example of symbolism in the ritual is the cake. It is decorated with a white crane and a red turtle. Both symbolize wisdom and nobility. As with all traditional ceremonial rituals, the ritual has evolved over time. One example of this evolution is that the guests at the celebration now tend to show gratitude to the 60-year-old much more than was done in the past. Inversions of Kanreki are practiced in Western culture as well these days. So I've given you some examples of everyday rituals and ceremonial rituals. So now I'd like to turn to showing you how you can design your own ritual of passage. It might be one that you do by yourself or involves a gathering of people that is totally up to you. We can look at other cultures and practices as we design our own rituals of passage. I shared information about Kanreki because there is much to be gleaned from it. Most importantly, the spirit of the ceremony which is celebration of rebirth and others showing gratitude to the 60-year-old. Also, everything in the celebration is symbolic. The colors, the food, the clothes, and the gifts. The ceremony is infused with meaning. So that's what we are going for when designing your own ritual. Your celebration planning should take on this kind of general structure. First, your pre-ritual planning figuring out who's going to be there, what they're going to be doing, and where they're going to be doing it. To help you along, I've provided a worksheet to get you started on this step. And interestingly, as I was creating the worksheet, I noticed that ceremonial rituals do, in fact, follow uh, the format of storytelling. So in your pre-ritual phase, you're going to be answering the following questions. What are you celebrating? Who will be involved? Where will it take place? What activities or poems or music or food will make it meaningful to you? And I'm stressing the you because this rite of passage is about you. 
and what you want, not what others want to mark the occasion. The second phase is actually designing the flow of the celebration. So it's kind of akin to the plot of the story. What will be the order of the activities? How will the ritual end? And then finally, after your ritual, I would encourage you to think about ways for you to reflect on the celebration. Do you want to journal? Do you want a picture book of the occasion? And think about how has the ritual changed your perceptions of this passage in your life? So in order to help you think about how to design your celebration ritual, I'm going to give you in, in, in detail a ritual that was created to celebrate the passage of menopause. Ah, menopause. I'm not sure how many of us celebrated going through menopause. When it is talked about in Western society, we focus on the hot flashes, the disrupted sleep, the mood swings, the weight gain, etc., etc. However, the way we think and talk about menopause influences the way we experience menopause. Research by the Yale School of Medicine reported in Reuters Health that in societies where age is more revered and the older woman is the wiser and better woman, menopausal symptoms are significantly less bothersome. Think about that. So what would happen to our experience of menopause if we reframed it as a passage into a different life phase? Remember, menopause is often talked about as, quote-unquote, the change. This different life phase would be one where we are wise, settled, self-assured, and strong. What would happen if we changed the story about menopause? And how might we change the, the story? Well, enter a celebration ritual. I found a really interesting article in Psychology Today written by Cecilia Dentino in 2018. It is entitled, Menopause, A Passage in Search of a Story. And I want to read from this because I, I, I think her description of her celebration ritual is uh, very useful as we work on our own. In her article, she draws on her own experience of 10 years of paramenopausal agony. And then she decided she needed more. She needed to create her own story of the change. She developed a ceremonial ritual just for herself. And I want to read her description of her ritual so you get an idea about how you can create one on your own, either an individual or a ritual that includes other people. So now I'm, uh, I'll start reading her words. She starts, so now when my meno pain starts, when I feel so irritated that I want to throw my phone across the room, or the heat fires up my innards so much that the sweat drenches my clothing, or my body is hijacked by relentless muscle and nerve pain, I go into the ritual of my mind. I make space for myself, put an ice pack on my neck, and close my eyes. I start by breathing slowly and deeply. I give myself permission to use my imagination and journey in my mind to find clues to the story of my symptoms. My imaginary ritual has three parts, and it goes like this. The beginning. 
the walk into my inner self. First and always first, I put on the crimson robe. Then I enter the cave. The cave is dark and murky, but filled with hundreds of brilliantly flickering candles. Sometimes Carmina Barama is playing. Other times it's Gloria Gaynor. I have a menopausal ceremonial tunes shuffle in my mind. I have always loved the combination of reverence and bad girl as my soundtrack. During my imaginary procession, I walk with sureness and an attitude of importance. My head is up and my core is breathing. I envision breathing energy into my interior self. I walk my walk. This part of the ritual fills me with permission, power, and presence. I am already more than my symptoms. I enter the story. The middle, the visit. In my ritual, I visit with women who have survived the passage. I see ahead of me the table. It sits in a little sunny grove. There is a flowered tablecloth. I smell strong coffee and anisette. Today, around the table, sit my grandmothers. The Italian one is dipping biscotti in her coffee and gesturing broadly with her other hand. The English grandmother is knitting. They both smile when they see me. Their eyes sparkle with recognition and love. They cheer and clap and put their strong arms out, reaching for me. I sit and they pour me coffee. They ask me how I am doing. They listen intently when I tell them little details of my life. I touch each of their veined hands and feel the warmth coming through to me. I tell a joke. They tip their heads back in laughter. I tell them that I am changing, but I don't know who I am changing into. My grandmothers glance towards each other with a knowing smile. The English one says, isn't it cute how confused she is? The Italian gram leans forward and says, why, you are becoming more and more of you. They both go on to warn me not to get smaller as they did with age. Times are different, they say. Be more and more you. Suddenly, our table starts to levitate, and we all three ascend on a little ride going up and up and around. I feel relaxed and enjoy the ride. Then my Grammys start to fade, and I find myself descending into the path home. There is a full moon shining its glow on me. I feel at once connected and magnificently unique, a surge of purpose. Be yourself more than ever and connect to the bigger picture. The end. The walk back. I hear the drum beat and I know it's time to head back. I walk back with a sense of clarity and peace. I feel the connection to my grandmother's and to all women who have come before me. It fills me with joy and love. As I walk back, I tell myself to be strong, be big, bear the symptoms with a fierce becoming. It will hold me over until the next hot flash. In time, I will be big and full of all the wisdom my practice of rituals can provide. She goes on to say, since I have been doing my rituals, my menopausal passage, every ache and pain and drop of sweat have more significance. 
The change is serving me. It is beckoning me to become fierce and reawaken something in me that all women before me and after me can become. Not only can I tolerate the aggravating symptoms of menopause, but now they are endowed with meaning. The symptoms connect me to my legacy and link my body to the wonders of nature. So I think that this ritual, it's back to me, no longer reading her work. I I think that what she wrote, the ritual I just shared with you, is really important. One, because it provides that connection, not necessarily with other people in her presence, actual physical presence, but in her mind, she is connected with all women, both before her and with her now and women to come. So it it helps to connect her in the web of female life. And I think you can see how she changed, even if momentarily or just for a few days, her perception of what her body was going through during menopause. And that's what I was talking about earlier when the goal of creating and enacting rituals is that something is transformed, something is changed in us. I do like the idea of doing rituals individually, just because it can be done without a big fuss whenever it's needed. But I also like the idea of gathering others to share in the celebration. Again, it's up to you. You could do both. Now, if you feel you would benefit by having a menopause coach by your side to help with the symptoms and to help you design a passive ritual, I found, interestingly, I found there were several by searching coach for menopause on the interwebs. I have to confess that I have not developed older age celebratory rituals, aside from my birthday celebration. I reframed my birthdays after I turned 50 to include a year review and gratitude practice rather than birthday cake and party. But after reading this material prior to writing this episode, I'm now committing to developing more rituals celebrating this life stage, and I encourage you to do the same. And I don't want to forget the everyday rituals and the benefits those can bring to my life. So I got to get started creating those as well. A lot of my rituals that I did with other people, I no longer do because, oh, well, there's work and I now live by myself. You know, I can find all sorts of excuses. I'm going to wrap this up, but don't forget your free printable ritual development worksheet link is provided in the show notes, and I'll post the link also in our Vibrantly Gray Facebook group. Thanks for listening, and I would love to hear about your rituals, so leave some comments in the Facebook group. Next week, I will not be recording an episode. I know it's my friends are finding it hard to believe, but I am going to take a week off and rest. Maybe I'll make a ritual of resting, but that is not in my nature to do that, but I'm trying to practice new behaviors this year. So I wish you rest as well, and I will have my next episode up in two weeks. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you did, please join our community on Facebook. 
There, you will find reading suggestions, meaningful dialogue, and additional stories of women who are going big. The link is posted in the show notes. As Betty Friedan said, aging is not lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity. So let's do it together.